Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the Talking Wednesday podcast. Dex and Jake, as usual, joined by Worko for Worko Week. His fact he goes by Worko means we can call it Worko Week whenever he's on and it'll be an odd week. Hello, Jack. You all right? We'll start with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right, man. How are you? How are you guys? How are you? It's are early. You? Very oh. early. We're doing this, um, this podcast early morning before the match has even been played um, on the Saturday because we're basically none of us are available next week. So we, we can't do a podcast if we don't do it now. So what's going to happen is um, these boys are going to watch the match and report back after that. So there will be a cut in this where um, I have to go and do, I have to go to work later on. Um, so, these boys are going to watch the match. I will watch it. Well, I'm sure I will watch the score come through as I always do and go, what's going on? Or is it going to be nil-nil for ages? I hate doing that. I honestly, it's one of the worst things about when you work on a match day, just watching the score come through and not really knowing what's happening. Watching but these boys Twitter will football, f- I call it. Yeah, these uh, these boys will feed back. But um, Jake, how's your week been, mate? Um, not been a great week, actually. I managed to have a rather nasty seizure Tuesday, was it Tuesday or Wednesday night? And I managed to land my entire body weight on my arm and my arm is absolutely jacked up at the minute. So not great. Not what you want when you're going to be going to have a booster on uh, Sunday. But apart from that, everything's going well. Uh, I just keep breaking myself and I don't recommend it. (laughs) I love how I don't even, I talk to you all the time and I didn't even know this this week. And then you t- say it on the podcast. You're like, oh, yeah. It's like that time you, like, landed on a fork, was it, or something? Yeah. yeah. I think we talked about that on the podcast. We did. We did. Landed I, on a... Yeah. I, I just massively landed on it, twisted my arm, and then when I came to, I hyper-extended it, trying to figure out what I'd done, and then had my little one going, oh, Daddy broke himself again and ran off laughing. So, <laughs> kids... <laughs> Fair. And before we do say any of it, yes, I am wearing my 70 specs this morning because it's morning. And You're going to start singing Imagine soon. I don't put, yes, all right. We've already, in the pre-show, we had a bit of a, a, John, a John Lennon uh, conversation, didn't we? Yes, I am aware. <laughs> Doesn't take that, it's not that hard to imagine, is it? Hey. How's your right. week been, mate? Um, this week, uh, there's been a lot of traveling next week's gonna there's gonna be a lot of traveling um i've been i didn't have a day off this week so the the, the illness has fairly subsided i'm still not 100 percent, but i'm uh i didn't have to the pain has gone from the face now so that was okay. that was the main thing um it lasted a while but then uh i could finally stop taking <clears throat> painkillers after after a few days and i was like oh good I've not become Prince. Um, also, where... congratulations on how the FIFA series going. It's doing really well at the minute. Yeah, it is. But I'm really in this position now where I go, I don't know how. I've got the next episode ready to go, and I don't know whether I'm going to post it today, as in the day we're recording this podcast, mm. or tomorrow. But after that, I've not got anything. And I'm, uh, I'm, of, I'm not around. I'm not in my... I've I've not got my recording gear with me on Monday. I do on Tuesday, but 
then when I've edited it, I might have it late. And it's one of those where, I don't know, I'm trying to keep the episodes fairly regular, but it's, it is trickier with the, with the recording schedule. Well, it's more when I'm trying to include people's comments. Mm. If I can sit and record like three or four episodes back to back, that's a different thing. But when I know I've got a transfer window or something, I have to do it a little bit differently. But yeah. Um, they're taking ages, by the way. I forgot how much when I used to do this as a student and I did it properly and committed, how long they bloody take. They take ages. But yes, thank you for the support on that. Um, yeah. Jack, anything to add about your week? You kind of gave it um, away. To be honest, and I don't mind admitting it, I've not been all that great the last even month or so. And I know, haha, it's topical, but because it was mental health week, uh, mental health day um, on Monday, um, but I actually had a call with some with the Samaritans charity this week because it's been that kind of bad a little bit for the last sort of month or so. And I don't mind highlighting it because I think it's important that we talk about these things when events like that happen. It doesn't help and, that um, I'm smiling at this point, does it? Because yes. I'm just like, I, yeah, I do have this well, constant smile on my face. <laughs> I don't want to yes. downplay the importance <laughs> of that. <laughs> You've been calling Samaritans. What an idiot. That's yeah. No, I'm kidding. By the way, don't cancel Dex. Please, he's no. very pro mental health and talking about it. But yeah, I've um, I yeah, it's been a bit of a crappy couple of months up here. Um, and I I don't want to talk too much in the pre-show about it. But if there's anything to add, I just, at the end I would, I just, you know, I think it's important to kind of highlight that it's that you people are not alone and you actually can go and talk to somebody yeah. and not be a burden and you're not a burden and you're enough and all that kind of thing and yeah so it's been a bit of a bit of a a bit of a week road. bit of a bit of a week i guess but so yeah. well i'm glad you i'm glad you spoke to someone jack hmm. that's that's what i will yeah. that's what i will say on that we've uh we've started the podcast well haven't we boys in terms of that's why i was smiling through that because i was like we have all started this with jake having a seizure you yes. call him samaritans and me looking like John Lennon, oh. which is slightly, slightly less serious on that. But I was like, how do I bring up the mood here? <laughs> oh, awfully. But yes. You were just um, trying to find a segue. Yes. Like, there's no way you can segue from this. I, and that's literally <laughs> why I was in my head. Because obviously, obviously I, 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 we all follow each other's social media and we chat. So I kind of had a vague idea what was going on in your weeks. So mm. I was just thinking through that to the audience who didn't know. I was like, there's no clean segue here. And I was just sort of smiling to myself like, hmm. But I do look like a sinister psychopath when you're smiling at one of your friends talking about, yeah. It, it, but it's also a good platform to have it where it free men talking about it as well because we are bad as males are talking about it. So it's good. If you need to talk, go do so because it's important. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Completely. Um, right. Let's get into the... Let's get into the main part of the podcast. Into the nitty gritty. Into the actual podcast. Um, Sheffield Wednesday have played Cambridge this week, but basically, if we have a disaster, there's going to be nothing here and this is going to be a really awkward cut. However, we should now have either Punk Chef 41 and Worko talking together or just Jake doing one of his uh, rants for quite a while about the match. So what happened at Cambridge? I I haven't ranted for ages. What happened at Cambridge? Here we go. So me and Jack are here to talk about the Cambridge United result. And it's a good one for Wednesday. We, this is the team last year we would have really struggled against. 
and not got the, I don't know, dug deep to get all points kind of thing. I think when we played them last time, it was a one-all draw, and I think Fizz got us out of trouble. And in the game, we started off really early. Really good goal by Lee Gregory. And Lee Gregory get talked about all week. He's not going enough. He's not going to. But Backinson with an excellent ball. Backinson was making those balls all game. And he made he made a kind of little bit of a difference in that midfield. The only issue with having Backinson there is Bannon gets shoved out to the left and he's not good there. But we had a lot of good little chances. Uh, Michael Smith took the keeper out. <laughs> He's very lucky to be on the pitch, I thought, to be fair. It didn't look great. Uh, but we played some good football, but second half. It, this annoying thing with second half. Now, in the second half, I don't know about you, Jack. We don't seem to be able to string games together, do we? I think there's a problem with... Uh... What's, what is the word? The, the, basically, they're winning. They think, okay, we don't need to try hard anymore because we're 1-0 up. And then they go out there. Complacency. There's that an boy. issue with complacency that keeps cropping up whenever we're leading at the break. And then we come out second half and it's just like, they're not, they're just all over us, the opposition. They're more, they're more up for the game than we are. And that was the case yet again. And I don't know what it is if, if it needs to be switched up in the, in the halftime talks or what, but they need a rocket up the backside sometimes, give, like today, when the opposition come out and then just all all over us. And But thankfully, we clawed it back, and we did get a goal seemingly out of nowhere, a wonder cross from Palmer, straight to Lee Gregory, who then wrong-foots the keeper, smashes it, although the keeper did get a hand to it, but it still went in the net. And it so was we a then deathly went touch on to win the game well, 2-0. Yeah, oh. That he talked. And the thing is, we win this game 2-0, and last year we would have lost this. Uh, but Darren Moore was going mental on the touchline for the first, like, 20 minutes, asking for more in intensity. And the problem is, you've thrown Bannon on the left. He's no good on the left. It changed as soon as we brought Byers on. You change it to uh, McGuinness as a three at the back. You put four in midfield. It worked then. A special mention for Johnson as well. He's making that position his own again. It's like he had last year where he had the bit where he's like, right, I'm going to be this, you're going to be this player, but it's going to take some time to get used to it. Then halfway through the season, he went on to being a winger again. And I think he got that situation where he, he'd, been, he'd had to play that role again. And then he realized that I can do both and be a winger. Palmer again doing really well. Palmer's 359th appearance today uh, just shows you how much we improve and need him he was a little bit of a doubt at the beginning of the game as well it looked like he pulled something uh michael wickway also was at the same time went down looked like he had an issue but did okay in the end uh michael smith though for me need to start burying some of these chances had a really good header he puts it either side of the keeper it's probably two nil by half time but that being said it is a two nil victory and this is really good on with what results were today. So I'm going to pass this over to Jack, who will we'll go through results. We'll talk about some of the results today, and then we'll talk about table. Well, uh, congratulations to Burton, who've picked up a, uh, a one point at home to Morecambe. Um, Plymouth, also played today, had a mighty win of 4-1 away at uh, MK Dons. And uh, Wickham won 3-1. MK Dons uh, look in trouble. Yeah, MK Dons are slipping... I think Scott Twine not being in that side has 
definitely well, affecting them Harry quite Darwin a bit. Well. Oh yeah, Harry of Darwin course. Back. Um, yes, Wickham won three one at home to Peterborough. Uh, Exeter City lost four two at home to Oxford United. Um, Lincoln City picked up three points by beating Ipswich away one nil. Uh, Cheltenham Town lost to Bristol Rovers. 4-1, can you believe it? Oh, and a lot geez. of people actually didn't pick Bristol Rovers to start that well. Um, and they're seemingly proving a lot of critics wrong, <laughs> given that they're beating teams like, well, it is, it is Cheltenham, and I do believe we had a good re result against them recently. Um, Derby with a very good win, away at uh, Accrington Stanley. No who are they jokes, Jake, all right? Yeah. Okay. But, okay. Uh, no, they actually had a... Them. They actually saved a penalty and then immediately proceeded to go up to the other end of the pitch and score um, score their second goal. So that was quite an impressive, uh, impressive. I think wasn't it wasn't it a miss penalty and a save penalty from Wildsmith that game. I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, obviously, we won two nil away at Cambridge. Uh, Shrewsbury beat Fleetwood away at Fle uh, yes. Shrewsbury beat Fleetwood away at their place one nil. Uh, Bolton and Barnsley uh, drew nil nil, and uh, Port Vale and Forest Green drew two two at Port Vale with Charlton yet to play Portsmouth at home on Monday for at an eight pm kickoff. Why is that a Monday kickoff? That is a Monday kickoff. That's a weird time. Oh, just, very strange. I've just very seen strange. Friday's uh, game as well. It's with to Derby, so that could be handy for us. Out of, all, all, out of all of them, Lincoln City beating it, which was ideal for us. We got them next as well. So let me just bring up Lincoln City's stats uh, for this season. Uh, but we didn't actually do that at the end of the podcast. because No, we record. did not. Uh, and so, folks, we're doing it now. <laughs> yeah. And also, I said at the end of the podcast, if we won, we would be going second. I got that wrong. Pull your jets. <laughs> Tut so, tut, Jake. Honestly, you meant to be a professional here. Yeah. Good lord. So their record is uh, home record is one four zero seven points at home, and their away record is two one three seven points away. But that probably changed now because they were they uh, they were away, so that'll be nine points away. But we yes. are at home to them, and they're in seventeenth. They were in. 17th. We're not. We're not. We're away at their place. We're away at their place, aren't we? Yes. Uh, but it's seven points, either uh, seven points at home. They haven't had a good home record, and they haven't been the same Lincoln since they lost Michael Appleton. Uh, they had that really good season where they nearly went up, and then it all went to bit. I don't know. It went. It, they, they, hmm. They're a team that are needing to get back into that groove again. But looking at the table, do you want to go through the table, Jack? I do, yes. So, it I'll, I'll do it much like the television uh, presenter, that famous, very monotone presenter. Plymouth Argyle in first place. Ipswich Town sit in second. Sheffield Wednesday sit in third. Portsmouth are in fourth. Peterborough are in fifth. Barnsley sit at sixth. Bolton are at seventh. Drawing on points, actually, with Barnsley. Shrewsbury Town in 8th, Derby County in 9th, Exeter City 10th, Bristol Rovers 11th, Wickham Wanderers 12th, Lincoln City 13th, Charlton Athletic 14th, Fleetwood Town 15th, Port Vale 16th, 
Accrington Stanley, 17th. Cambridge United in 18th. Oxford United in 19th. Cheltenham in 20th. Forest Green in 21st. MK Dons, 22nd. Burton Albion, 23rd. And at the bottom, we have Morecambe in 24th place. Now, the interesting thing about the top, so Plymouth are getting, getting away with it here. They're on 14 goal difference as well. Uh, I said recently they need to score more. Well, they did that today. It's a point between us and Ipswich. Uh, Portsmouth, Plymouth uh, on 22 points and Barnsley and Bolton are on 21. With uh, Oh, and Shrewsbury on 21. With Derby on 20. It's going to be tight again. It's mm -hmm. going to be a very, very tight uh, season. The big one for me is when Plymouth eventually lose at home. That'll be where I think it'll be interesting there. But that is your result for it. That is the match review. So we'll take you back to Dex, myself, and Jack to talk about the rest of the podcast. So we'll see you there. Wow. I can't believe we won 7-5. <laughs> Shucks, guys. What a result. What a win. Yes. Oh, we can't I defend for Toppy. This is poor. I really like how all the players came out in leggings for some reason <laughs> and um, decided that they were going to do a, a halftime show like in American sports. With all and, the pom-poms. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cheerleaders. Yeah, it was, it was mental really, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. 100%. Hey, Liam Palm had a great time in net. He found his position yeah. now. He's a goalkeeper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's going to become that that journeyman player now. Go anywhere, do anything for the team. Um, yeah. Sort of thing. Um, I I didn't see the big P hat trick coming along. He really uh, mm. stuck him in there, didn't he? Right. Um. Let's get into the news. We'll do the league one roundup, and we'll do a bit of an extended one. Um. They might have even done that in that section. I don't know. Now I'm thinking about it. Yes, they can 100% do that when all the results yeah, come in. So can. you've done the league one review. Let's get in. To the news. This is from The Star. Sheffield Wednesday complete deal for highly rated youth international, former Man City man. Um, this is Pierce Charles, basically. So that, that was the headline. Reading from the article, it says the following. The former Man City prospect who joined Wednesday in July last year, having been released by the Premier League Giants, has made a huge impression in the short time at S6 and has outlined as a one to watch in the Owls Academy. The youngster has sent a, spent a... Centre? Spent a great deal of time training with Wednesday's senior setup, most notably when he was invited on their pre-season training camp to Portugal this summer, and even spent time with the Northern Ireland seniors during the international break. The interesting thing that I want to read out um, is the... It's not actually in this article, but I did read somewhere... So we've got this article as the jumping-off point, but I did read how he's talking about the experience with... Um, Stockdale and Dawson being really important to him. And I think he's part of the setup now. And do we actually know exactly how long this deal is? No. Because I don't, it wasn't disclosed, was it? Now, normally when they do pro deals, it's like a year. But I'm wondering if they've gone down the same route they did with uh, Kadamatri. Because I think Kadamatri's is like a four year deal. So I'm wondering if we've gone down the same kind of lines because we rate him that highly. Well, he he looks like he's our number three, isn't he? He's our um, he's in the keeping setup, and I'm actually glad we've done this because it's just a sign of 
us trying to cement our younger players to the club, especially when there's interest and there's, there's, they're starting to do well. This is how academies should work rather than getting absolutely shafted on it. Jack, young prospects. Charles here, what do you think? I think it's a definite a positive move for the future. I mean, I know... I know if you were watch if you were following on social media the uh, youth team's results it hasn't been great as of late but it's in that sort of I think it's in that turbulent turnaround period when they're finding their footing now it's been set up into this new way that Darren's got it sort of organized and what he, what he wants to do in the future with it um but I do think it's a lot more positive than just signing someone because they've done like say, I, I I see this as more positive as signing a big name that's done it before in a transfer window that, oh, you know, like literally to, to name examples that we've signed that are exactly like that. Um, um, why is the name gone from my head completely as soon as the Swiss international that played for Watford? Abdi. Abdi. Okay. Alman Abdi. Perfect example. How could you forget that I Sheffield Wednesday legend? That's Sheffield Wednesday legend, Alman Abdi, that played like three times and scored one screamer at Nottingham Forest, I know. Oh, I did say, you know, do you know, I've, I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but Abdi, I, I once saw him um, walking down the stairs near the Don, and I was like, I recognise you, why do I recognise you? Because he was just in civics, because he never yeah. played. And I was like, why do I recognise you? As I was walking, staring at him, and then I realised he was the player that we'd spent a lot of money on and he'd never actually really played. Yeah. yeah, who was the was other fun. one that we got on a free? And he David was, Jones. He, play, he played one game. Oh, and no. He's like ex AC Milan defender, and he plays like one game. Emmanuelson. That's it. Yeah, he played one game. It was like last game of the season. It's like, oh, well done. And he actually played out of his skin as well, didn't he? He did like, it it well. Was mental. It was how well, he needed how a contract. He yeah, he needed a contract. Without a contract, he did what most out of contract players do: play well. Will you sign me? He's only played once. No. <laughs> It was like when you uh, you do a FIFA career and you don't really care about realism that yeah. time. Where we were just like, sign all these free agents that that are just, they've got a good rating or stats or something somewhere and bring them into the, into the club. But in terms of Charles, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think we just need to be like Katadamari. We're, do, we're doing the right things with these highly rated players. We don't, we've, we've had it all too well where... Um, Play, these players come back to bite us because we don't we don't do yeah. it properly and using your academy it's got to be one of the assets I've said it time and time again um, United's academy for example is has been very good in the past and it's literally on our doorstep so you'd think we need to be ramping that up but I'm telling you now we've got to we've got to make sure we get the younger generation into Wednesday because uh, their their plastic time in the prem. Mm-hmm. Has meant a lot more. I've seen a lot more United shirts emerge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In the last couple of years, so we need to. Uh... The interesting thing with Pierce, right, is if say Dawson goes to Rotherham in January because it's the old link up with the old Exeter manager, he may go in for him because he he worked well under him when he was there. Does mm. he get booted up to like number two? Um. Or stepping number three kind of thing because it's David Stockdale, Dawson, Luke Jackson at the minute are your first teamers. I could see that. To be honest, I could see. I I could definitely see uh, Dawson. It'd be weird for Dawson to go to Rotherham as a Wednesday fan, but if it's the manager link up, isn't it? Um, yeah. But 
I could see I could see that happening, and then I don't think he'll he'll buy him. Or would he? Mm. Buy, I would he buy him because that would that was when I'd be like Rotherham don't have enough money to give us anything that would be worth us selling them, selling Dawson. Do you know what I mean? Because they're not going to yeah. give us like they're not going to give us a mill for him, are they? And I probably, he, he, to be he, honest, for Dawson with two, his young he age, got, I would ask for about that. Yeah, like yeah. he got million, two years left, a and a half, something like that. Yeah, that's what I'd think but, as well. Yeah, especially when to, Jake. Yeah. Yes, oh. we're all we're all doing it again. We're, all, oh. we're doing it again. Go on, Jake. Has he got like two years or a year left? Was it twenty twenty four? He signed till. Um, that sounds so. If that's the case, he got a year left. So we probably are starting to look at looking at another keeper. To the replacement. Well, also Stockdale's it... not going to be a long-term keeper, is he? No. So we need a new number one, and we need to decide who that's going to be. So, and I think the way Darren Moore plays now, he needs a keeper that can distribute well. So mm. he needs, uh, arguably, I'd want a younger player who's been, I would try and get someone who has been at a Prem club who is slightly younger, who play, who has been doing all the training with the with the sweeper keepers. Do you know, I, c- I couldn't give you a name right now, for example, but you don't want like, for example, you don't want a Bailey Peacock Farrell um, because played for Burnley where they don't necessarily use that mm. system. But a younger keeper that's been around, I don't know, like... Like Liverpool Man City style, you know, those players that, that those younger keepers are training with those keepers and they are not training from a young age like a traditional keeper. They are training to play out from the back. That yeah. is what is required of them, which is actually, if you think about it, is Charles. Yeah. However, now he is training with two keepers that are more stoppers. Mm. So and he's still young. So he would have been very young when he did that distribution. I've not really seen Charles play that much I've seen a, but like I'd like to see I'd like to see him properly play and see how good he is with his feet because mm. if he thinks from that approach I'd like to think because he's really young he can really focus on that now because that's the way the game's obviously going and and be be an extra defender as well basically you know what I mean with the with the playing out from the back if we're going to do that because if we are going to do that it needs to be of a higher quality at the lower leagues because he's oh, terrible. He is <laughs> dreadful. And it gives me palpitations. But yes. I would probably say examples that I could think of. I'd like there's um there's a guy called Mark Travers at Bournemouth that plays a lot like that. There's, you can tell I've been playing football manager recently. Yeah, uh, no, that's why I'm smiling. <laughs> uh, there's that Mark Travers guy uh, at Bournemouth. Oh, there's also Freddie Woodman, um, the highly rated Newcastle one. That's, I don't. Yeah. I think he's signed somewhere permanently, hasn't he, in the championship, or is that alone? Again, because I know he was at Swansea. Um, but then, don't laugh at the name because it is his name. Um, Jamie Cumming in <laughs> in MK Dons. You already prefaced me. <laughs> you know, they. I. I would say. Hang on, did you just say in MK Dons? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even say at MK Dons. <laughs> In the net at MK Dons. All right. Uh, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> fair it was a little enough. Freudian sw- slip to just not say the net, you know? I don't know. What, you need to get your I mind mean, out of the much, gutter, lads, it, you know? It's not much better, is it? Well. Why is he doing that work? Anyway, right. Um, 
So, yeah, why not? Like, if we're talking, I know, I know necessarily he's young and he could learn to play with his feet. We should be after that Plymouth keeper who yeah. I've just signed yes. FIFA. Yeah. Because he was cracking. Superb keeper. It'll like, be the reason real they life go on FIFA. No, I'm basing it on watching that Plymouth game and going, what is this keeper on? Good point. Um, but yeah, okay. Moving on. So, Stockdale made his 50th, uh, 50th? 50th appearance, right? Short, played once every season. Um, now, 500th appearance, the examiner was um, quoting him as saying the following after, because we, we, he was talking about to, togetherness. Um, and this is from the Wednesday website, so we didn't need to use the examiner either. But the examiner have wrote it up, and this is what we've got in there. So we're going, we're going in there. Speaking to Sheffield Wednesday's uh, official website, <laughs> um, Stockdale said the following, quote, I did the team talk in the circle, and I wanted the lads to put on a professional show after the defeat to Plymouth, where I thought our performance was good. I just said carry on and do the same things and we'll capitalise and lucky we did. I've taken a couple now, but I feel sometimes Baz feels like he's saying the same things. It's hard, but he leads on the pitch. Sometimes it's nice for everybody else. Another voice to reaffirm the same things, really. It's just another voice. And obviously Baz feels like somebody they'll listen to, even though they don't during the week because I talk gibberish. But it's about keeping the direction of the lads together and showing that we're all going in the same direction and we all want the same thing. End quote. So the reason this article's in here is because it's talking about the togetherness at the club at the minute and the fact that we've got natural leaders in there. Okay, we, we spoke about Baz in his interview a little bit last week. Yep. This is just another one, Stockdale being quite vocal there, coming out and adding to that togetherness. Jack, have you got anything to add to that general vibe that's going on around Wednesday at the minute? I, I just think it's really, really nice because if you say, if you compare this team, I know it's chalk and cheese because we're in a league below, but if you compare this team to the team of like 2018-ish, um, the the amount of natural leaders we have in this dressing room is unbelievable compared to back then. Back then, I no disrespect to the players then, but I do feel like there was a bit of a mercenary attitude in the changing room for quite a long time. And now it's almost like they believe in the club rather than believe in their paycheck they're getting from the club, you know? Um, and I mean, they, of... they, didn't, they didn't always believe in that either, did they? Well, they, they, they didn't well. Come, but yeah, carry on. Well, <laughs> but yeah, and I just... I think it's so nice to see all of these sort of leaders emerging, even even when they're not really talked about, because I'm sure Liam Palmer will be another mm. leader because of how long he's been at the club. So he'll be reaffirming how much it means to the fans, etc. when they get, you know, the results and when they come out in the news articles. Like Michael Awekwe as well, how he came out and said, no, no, this isn't on the gaffer, this is on us. We didn't perform. There was that... Um, it was the Barnsley game, wasn't it? And he yeah, yeah, just yeah. came... He volunteered and just came straight out to the press and was constantly reaffirming that no, this is this is on us. This isn't on the boss because the unnecessary slander sometimes gets gets to me a bit and it annoys me intensely when it shouldn't be happening. But anyway, that's a whole other story. But then for the players to themselves come out and claim responsibility for certain things and and show how much they believe in almost as much as the fans that they believe in the club and how much this club means to so many people. And like, it sort of means a lot to them, it seems now. Whereas before it was almost like some squads couldn't give a toss about yeah. the actual club in the area and mm. the fans and whatever. Um, and I just, it, it just, it makes, it makes me all warm and fuzzy 
that there's so many nice things that the players are coming out and being, you know, it, like the togetherness feels as though it's extending to the fans as well as just the group of players and the staff at the club. It's like, it, it feels like the fans are part of it again and not just seen as customers or, I don't know, external, that they don't really matter that much. Do you, do you, you know what I mean? Do you know I what I'm trying mean, to... Yeah. No, yeah. I get what you mean, yeah. 100%. What, warm and fuzzy, Jake, is, is, that, is that the route you'd go down with this? <laughs> I, there is that togetherness we, we haven't seen in a while. I think Darren Moore and Chancellor need to have a lot of credit for what they managed to put together, especially in that first season leave one where he had to work with nothing and brought in threes. And the thing is, we recruit really well. And every time you hear a player come into the club, it's Darren Moore said this, the gap has said this. It's not about being a personality. It's not about being one player throughout the whole thing. You look at that team, you've got Stockdale, you've got a Whitway, you've got probably Iorfa, Palmer, Bokes, Bannon. They're your leaders. And up top, you could probably say Windath now because he's starting to go into that role of someone that people will go up to and look up to. So the likes of someone like a Wilk coming into a team who, from Hull fans, said he was a bit of a egotistical, he was a bit all for him. I haven't seen that. I've just seen a player who wants to crack on and kick on. And the thing is, we've not had this in a while. And if we can harness this and make it to our advantage, it's going to make us all the better for it. The thing is... I like when players, especially Barry Bannon at the minute, I, I like Barry Bannon when he's coming out on Twitter now because I know for a while he was like, I'm the club captain, I can't say anything. But I actually like him coming out and saying, no, that's wrong, you don't know what you're talking about. I think it shows that they're willing to back it up by not on the pit, but they'll back it up with words. Like Josh Windaff with his podcast he's doing now, he's saying some stuff that he says on Twitter all the time. But he's actually been able to say it vocally now. And I think that's good for a football to express himself. Sometimes Josh Windath takes R a bit out there, and I'll admit that. But he does talk sense most of the time. And he's actually quite intelligent. Apart from omelettes. I will say that. <laughs> it was a while ago that, though. We'll let him off. Yes. <laughs> um, I've talked about togetherness for ages and the fact that it's all behind the manager. I, I agree. We need to... Uh, we just need to keep the spirit there and... I've been saying that's been the the fundamental difference this season because the the spirit doesn't drop and the bounce back is there. I think last season we saw that molding together mm. and this season's really been the antithesis of that. We cannot play very well and still get a result because nobody's heads drop. Um and if we do have a bad result, we bounce back and we've we've had this side of it. Um what I find amazing is it's we're seeing such a togetherness in the squad, but arguably it's the most, I think it's because it's probably the most social media has grown since Wednesday of being in this position, but we're seeing the most toxicity side, toxic side of our fan base at the same time, because I don't know about you guys, Jack, you were probably still in like nursery, but like when, <laughs> when we were last in league one, I, I was on all the fo- the Wednesday forums and that. And there was the, the you know, you had your grumpy old sods one, and yeah. things like that. But you didn't have, there wasn't as much as there is now. But I think that's, for example, the podcasts weren't there. YouTube, obviously, we're on YouTube. This wasn't really a thing. Um, there wasn't as many people putting their opinions out there. And, and it's it's a lot more vocalised now and everybody's got to say, I think. And maybe there was that old grumblings, but you know when you've had a... 
you'd have, you've had a beer or ten, and you usually do your odd your odd whinge in the pub. They're now online, and I think that's the big difference at the minute. So that's mm. the that's the very odd side that I'm I'm seeing. Everybody seems to be waiting in that side of it just to say for a bad result to say Darren Moore out when I'm glad the players don't seem to be letting that side affect them and they're bouncing back and they're doing exactly what it's why I'm trying to keep a level head after a bad result and saying as long as we go again next week and you see that and you are seeing that on the pitch from the players so I would argue that to counteract all of that the club need to get more social media active because I understand there's you know there's the live tweets of events during a match but then other than that, extended highlights being posted and player interviews, there's nothing else. There's like no... You see all the clubs and they're fully embracing social media and they're mm. absolutely lapping it up and they're putting all of this positivity that... Like, I'm sure that their negativity in other fan bases will be just as high as Wednesdays, but because the club are being so active in the social media scene... It almost drowns it out a bit, and I think that we probably need to step up the social media side of things at the club because a lot of the stuff that we're doing is just stuck in like 2010 or 2012 or something. Yeah, you know, a lot and of I that just... comes from the top though. Yeah, because I think Chancery still slightly burnt with how it he got reactions to the family, and I understand that. But as long as it's not directed at him, and oh, of course, the one, the, the one thing I will have. When you're doing your live uh, press conference on YouTube, which is brilliant, it's great that they stepped up. Get a moderator in get that chat Wednesday. Please. Just get some mods in there because it'll make your life easy. They just need to be brought up to this century kind of how to run social media, and I think they'll be fine mm. because there's a lot more we could do. I I really want Wendy to do their own in-house TV thing because I think if they get the right people around it, they kill it. Me no, uh, <laughs> I, I, honestly, it's one of those things that like I obviously we, we don't. We spoke about uh, this so many times. We oh, have no. like because if you actually set my mind to it, the production stuff because I've I've done production. Do you know what I mean? We don't really do the the levels of production for this channel because I literally sit in front of this shelf um, and and half arse it basically. But mm. that's. That's because we don't. But if I need to, if I if I had a camera set up and a room, you could bring the players in every so often. You could do all. When we did the fifty, when we did the fiftieth episode, you'll be surprised how much, how little it made that to look really professional. It looked crap. I'll be honest. It did, but it only looked crap to us because we know we can make it look better for the layman person. That will look good. Uh. As I wasn't happy with at the it. Time, as a layman viewer at the time, it did seem quite like, oh, this is a step up. But I understand that now well, being it... in the world more of all this st- sort of stuff, like mm. I understand that it the was problem quite we, the problem we had stuff. then. It, the problem we had then is I didn't realize this. I didn't. Re- I did, I'd never seen the space, but also no. I didn't realize all the gear we had. And then I went in, and we were still in that work from not work from home, but work meeting. Yes, pandemic bit. Um, so everybody was actually back at work. I was back at work at this point, but you couldn't go and it was weird, you know? Mm, so we yeah, were like, was. we did, I didn't get to recce the space or anything like that. And then I you realized got that picture from me going, is this good enough? And then on the day going, oh yeah, well you need internet. Ah, Yeah. I was like, <laughs> there wasn't a place to like mount. I could have mount, I'd have brought my softbox and mounted softboxes and things like that. Cause that, that room rather than the harsh LEDs we had to, it needed mm. softboxes in it. 
it needed it needed it needed that sort of thing so it annoyed me but yes anyway that's that's besides the point yes um you've got you've got people passionate in the community use them when absolutely please dear god if anybody's yeah. listening at the club that can get that sort of thing going please do it because we need to modernize we're still stuck 10 years ago in a lot of respects in the media side of things yeah. so website as well mm. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, have you noticed the website's taken away the PayPal option? No. No? Are The last couple of times when I've been at work and I've tried to, like, you know, pick up a audio match pass or something yeah. just because it's a, it's a, if, if it's been a home game or something and I've been at work. I don't know. I don't do it very often, obviously, but the last couple, I, there was no PayPal option there for me. And I don't like that because... No. The Wednesday website's one of those sites, and I'm allegedly right, this is the thing, but I have had Google notifications saying your your password was found in a breach and it's from the Wednesday website. I don't know if that's one that you've seen. You know when you get like, that password yeah. manager? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, hang on, but if I have to use my card, I don't like mm. that. No. I don't like that. You're a little bit mm. more protected with PayPal. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remove all my stuff anyway, but still, I, I, I'm, I'm quite funny like that. Ever since somebody got into my Facebook and tried yeah, to put sense. three grand on my ad account, I was like, nope, nope, everything's, everything's locked down. Um, I, go on. You were not a fun person to talk to that week because I was trying to just message you, you okay? It's like, no, 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 no. Well, I wasn't right. I'd gone but out. No. I got, because it was... Uh, we got, uh, me and Sofa got back into Pokemon Go massively. So it was like, uh, it was an event or something on that. And we, we'd gone out for like a, a good sort of like few mile walk while we, while we went, while we went and did it. And we had a lovely morning. And then I sort of like just briefly checked my emails in the middle of the day. And I was like, your ad account, your, your, your ad has been approved. Your ad has been approved. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then I looked yeah. and it was like, promoting Spanish music somewhere or something. So clearly, basically, the, these companies, these dodgy companies that um, advertise that they can get you a load of plays mm. do that by hacking Facebook accounts that have got and then chancing that they've got an ad account linked to them. And then... Your immediate response was, we need to go home now. Again. Yeah, no, pretty much. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it was paid... The good thing is, though, it was PayPal. So PayPal can shut it down immediately, yeah. which is why I trust PayPal Makes more sense. than most things. Um, because even before Facebook responded, there was no way they were going to get any money from it. You know what I mean? Because the ad account yeah, yeah. obviously takes a while anyway. It takes a couple of weeks for the money to come out. So, but yes, there was a, that was tense. That wasn't a fun, a fun time. But anyway, right. This is a controversial topic, right? And it is for quite a few people, but I, mm. I don't know. I don't know. I've got some thoughts on this one. This headline is from The Athletic. EFL takes step towards ending 3pm blackout with TV bid request. Quote, the EFL has moved towards lifting England's traditional 3pm television blackout. It has issued a request for proposals for broadcast rights from 2024-2025 when its agreement with Sky Sports expires. An EFL statement on Wednesday said, quote, rights for all 1,800 
191 matches across the league, EFL Cup and EFL Trophy, and all end-of-season playoff matches are available for prospective bidders. This would include 3pm Saturday games, which are currently subject to a blackout in the United Kingdom. The blackout, which was implemented in the early 1960s, was designed to protect attendances in the lower leagues. It is implemented by UEFA through Article 48 of their statues, statutes, statues, and uh, at the request of England's Football Association. Only England, Scotland and Montenegro have a blackout in place. Any move by the EFL to lift the blackout as part of their broadcast rights could lead to the Premier League being able to broadcast 3pm games in the UK, as the restriction is a blanket ban rather than league-specific. The EFL Chief Commercial Officer Ben Wright said, With 54% of the UK's population watching EFL football on the television each year and a global audience of more than 400 million, it's an exciting time to be going to uh, to be going to market for the league's broadcast rights. Whilst the appetite for the EFL football remains stronger than ever, we want to grow this audience further. We are inviting proposals from organisations that can enhance and develop a league's offering, taking a new innovative approach to how people consume EFL content. End quote. There's a bit more in the article, but... This is a big one. I've got a lot to say on this, but as always, I'm going to pass it across to our host. Jake, what are your thoughts on this? I have a theory on this one because last season, the Wrexham owners uh, were wanting to like broadcast their games and they got told no. And they're looking like they're probably going to go up next season. And I wonder if there's a strong thing from them going, look, we want to take it all in house. We want to do this. This is how we can generate more money for the club. Now, in terms of it will generate more money for club because they'll do like, they'll either do some sort of pay, pay-per-view option or it'll get sold off to a Netflix or an Amazon. I think it's the right call, but you're going to have to do it smartly. So you don't put your big games on. You don't put like a Steel City Derby on as a pay-per-view, you make it that that you have to have a ticket for it. Or something I've got like to interject that. there. Go on. They usually put that on Sky, so what's the difference? True, true. But there's certain games you're going to want to have more seats there then that you can sell. You, it, it's Again, that, sorry, I, sorry. I know I'm doing this. We're talking on. seats, playing devil's advocate. The ground's still always full. That's true. I mean... I guess it's because we're from a club with a big fan base. If you haven't got a big fan base, it's that, that thing where you might have people like, Rain, I don't want to go today. I, I've always seen the 3pm blackout. I understood it, but in this day and age, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about modernising football. This is something that needs to be modernised. Like, we are the only place that does it. Like, I think the whole lockdown situation opened our eye to what we could actually do and actually generate money. I'd be interested... It wasn't in this year's account, was it, that showed the actual money we made from it, was it? Was it? You're asking me to remember things in the morning, Jake. That's not going to happen. You've um, both done it to me today. <laughs> I can't remember if it was in this year's accounts, last year's accounts, or it'll be in this year's account. So it'd be interesting to see what we actually made from uh, iFollow. Because I think we take 70% of that, or 75%. And if we can generate that money in, as well as, as, well as seats, surely it's a good thing. Yeah. Jack? I completely agree. I think it was... I, I think Sky Sports have abused that a little bit. And if you if you think about it, it was going to be good for everybody because obviously Sky, if we're, if we're talking real-world logistics right now, 
Sky Television is getting more and more expensive to have per month. Or the cost of living is going up per month. Not everybody, everybody, I could imagine a lot of people will be cancelling their Sky subscription and just going to Freeview and going to the traditional uh, kind of tele, uh, telegraph channels, whatever. And the fact that the EFL will no longer be solely on Sky, if this does happen, um, I think it will be, be beneficial to a lot of people. And it also, it's that whole thing of, you know, where like one company monopolizes the market mm-hmm. and so just puts the prices to whatever they want and charge whatever they want because they don't have any competition. This gets rid of that as well in terms of the broadcasting companies competing for who can offer the best deal for to show EFL games or whatever. And with how big the audience is both domestically and internationally, that's going to be a mate. That's going to be fantastic. And fans will benefit the most from this. And like Jake said, it modernizes the game. People aren't bothered about this blackout anymore. It's not, there are other ways of clubs now making money because in the 1960s, they didn't have the internet. Whereas now we have the internet and you can literally do the iFollow thing and, it, and it's a tenor a ticket and you'll get so many people watching that then. Just imagine like, f- say, take, take Hillsborough's attendance, right? 10 times 38,000 or whatever it is. That's 380 grand, right? Imagine how many more people will be then paying a tenor to watch that because they can't get to the ground. That, th- the amount of money that the clubs themselves could make is huge from this, and I think it will be so beneficial to so many clubs to actually do this because I, I don't really understand why the system's in place anymore anyway, given that it was set up in the 1960s. The argument, the argument is it will be for the smaller clubs without the fan bases that rely on that. Okay, mm-hmm. and I get that. Um, it's it's a tricky one. I potentially you go the the the, the difficult thing is is this has to be blanket. The probably the ideal thing would be like clubs can opt out of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then certain clubs like your clubs that rely on their gate, they still get that because they get people in there. But I've always had the mindset that this isn't going to affect much, right? If you really, if you are really into your club, this isn't going to change. It's like if a match is on telly and you still want to go, you still go, you know. Hmm. You, a lot of people don't just not go because it's on the TV. However, there is a lot more draw, in my opinion, for people who wouldn't be going anyway, but then, oh, I've got a tenner and I've got a few hours or I could catch like 70 minutes of the match before I have to go and do something. You know, I will do that. That sort of thing. For me, from a selfish perspective, I might be moving uh, quite a bit further away from the ground mm. next season, um, which will suck. But it's in, in the footballing perspective. Mm. But if this did happen... I'd still be able to be as clued in as I am now. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's, it's, I think there's a lot of pros for that because I think people don't always, people do move away. We've got, we have got an international fan base Wednesday, right? And the international fan base don't need to worry too much because they can watch the matches. But we I also they have. pay a hundred and something, depending on what their uh, currency is. I think it's about 150, 160. Yeah. Pounds. Yeah. And that's like 12 I months. would probably, even if I was going to half the matches, I'd probably just get, if it worked out value and it was 160 quid, I'd probably do that. Mm. You know, even if I was going to go to 
half of the matches or more because I'd I'd know I'd always got it as well. And I just think it's, I think what clubs need to do though, and the, the worry is they don't adapt to the modernization. You would actually bring more of an audience in because can you, you, I hate to use this as an example, but people who've got bets on and things like that would also watch certain things. Mm. People who are trying to create certain narratives or are interested in certain teams and certain matches, they can jump in for certain fixtures. There's an argument for clubs bringing it in-house. I think that would also be a case of... Um, I think that... I'd, I personally think that would work really nicely with what you were saying, Jack. Can you imagine having like... I know Sky have, have tried to like replicate the... With their socials, they've replicated some of the bigger... Yeah. Like the kickoff and things like that. They've replicated those sort of things. But can you imagine like a an in-house version for the clubs of that with with people with people sat in just a booth at Hillsborough and that's getting that's getting streamed out at the beginning of the match. Then you watch the first you know, like a proper every time, but that's people specific to and relevant to every single match there. You could get really mm. creative with that and if especially if you bring it in house and then the club can control that i've never understood why i think it's possibly i don't know i don't know if we've got the facilities for that i'll be honest at the minute mm. i don't know if we've but it, it, it would be an in, initial investment because you would need quality um, but surely if that comes into play surely the efl can have some sort of grant system or something put in place where you can improve your facility to get it up to where you need it to a point and then yeah. build on it and it's 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 interesting because it's weird because fo- football is the only kind of thing. Like if you watch NFL, you can get like an NFL map pass, or if you watch uh, NBA or anything like that, you can get like packages that you can pay for just for your team, and then you'll see that entire season. I don't get why football is so behind in this. I'm getting it to people at top just wanting to keep it how it is traditional, but. Football isn't traditional as it used to be anymore. You broke that when you put VAR in the Premier League. Yeah. I am... Go on, Karen, Jack. I do think that's quite a British thing, though, choosing tradition over what actually would work now. And I think... I think that you can probably see that. Maybe Again, going back to the media side of Sheffield Wednesday, I think that's probably what's happening at the moment because of maybe the people up at the top of the the media side of the club. I think they just prefer it how it used to be in like 2010 with just TV style interviews as it is. And then that's kind of it because social media isn't really a big deal in their heads. But if you actually look at the modern world now, social media is colossal. Like just, we're, we're on a form of social media right now doing this podcast to so many thousand people. Right. And I'm, I hope it's that many. Um, <laughs> it, and, it depends uh, on the it depends on the know, week. It can it depends be. on the week. It can be. Um, but it's such a big deal in the modern world, and I think people need to start realizing that from a certain period of time that they were at their peak or prime mm. or or in their youth or whatever, and they need to sort of move with the times rather than move with what was traditionally always been, because what traditionally always was in twenty ten when this all wasn't around, isn't maybe what's best for the club now, you know? Like, it's, for example, it's that whole thing as well to reflect the attitude. It's how proud Sheffield Wednesday are of the North Stand being the first cantilever stand. But 
everybody's got one of those now. In fact, yeah. ours was a prototype, and the much nicer ones were then built a few years later, and everybody's got them now. It's nothing special anymore. So, but yeah, we keep hearkening on that we have the first cantilever stand and all that sort of stuff. And Tradition. we need to, yeah. And, and it's all of this about, it's okay having tradition and being proud of your tradition, but you need to move with the times in a lot of aspects to be able yeah. to stay relevant. It's what the blades are doing. The blades across the city are doing exactly that. They're moving with the times. And look, there's so many young people with Sheffield United shirts, etc., as the prime first example you can pick. There's not the many people time. walking around with Wednesday shirts outside of Hillsborough or North mm. Sheffield. I disagree, no. but I know what you mean. There is still but a lot of know, Wednesday you know I, mean. I know what you mean. Oh, there, know, is, yeah. there is more popping but, up, but I yes, disagree yeah. with I know what you mean, yeah. The Jake. last time we were to the front force on anything like that was Twitter. We were one of the yes. first club to use Twitter, and then we just went didn't, down. Didn't we didn't do anything else. Pioneer with that. it, yeah. Yeah, I I think we've moved, we're trying to move in that right direction, you know, involving local, local, local. But we do get a bit too niche sometimes and we don't think, we don't, we need to be a bit broader. We need to be a bit broader. We need to be a little bit more savvy on that side. Um, just, I think if you were, your average sports camera, your average, your top end, probably for broadcast. I've not seen them in a while, but I remember the, if you wanted the fancy ones, you were looking at about 160k for the kit, you know, um, and then you could look upwards of. It all depends on it all depends on what you'd get, but I reckon if you're gonna, if you're going to get multiple and then bring the you're not looking at more than a million to set a club up, and if you're a club the size of Wednesday, you think it's, it's, it's money. It's obviously a lot of money, but you'd 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 be able to do a proper broadcast job there, you know. It's just doing that across the... It's 72 million, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you're looking And at- once again, as well, from the practical financial standpoint, because all of this work would be happening on the stadium and not actually to the club, it's a stadium job, the stadium is privately owned. None of that work would ever go on the Sheffield Wednesday books because it was, it's, it was it's Dave from Chancery's private property. So it, it's purely... Like, so, what you're like, saying, so, so could, financially, there would be no implications on the, the FFP yeah. stuff if we were to spend loads of money on, like, I, I know we probably won't because I don't think Mr. Chancery operates that way like he did in that first year anymore. But if we were to spend a lot of money on renovations, which, to be honest, looking at Hillsborough as well in a broader scale, that needs to happen soon, I think. But it, 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 it wouldn't be there wouldn't be a lot of backlash in terms of a negative financial thing on the books and all that jazz at, in the club if that's what people would be worried about higher up the chain at the club yeah. you know um so i just think at some point you need to bite the bullet because the longer you leave things to to and that's even if you're building a house or renovating a house the longer you leave things the more expensive it will be to modernize those things but if you keep chipping away with time and just keep renewing things, it, it's such a small amount of money in comparison to the massive chunks that you will have to pay to like get things up to scratch. And the, You've got to bite the bullet eventually and pay an amount of money, so why not now rather than in five years' time when it will be like four times ex- as expensive, you know? Yeah. Sorry, Look that's a random rambling, it, waffling, whatever. Left it to be but... an e-port team. That should have mm. been four years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're, but, they're, they're doing they're doing bits, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Um, this is from Football League World. Birmingham City defender Harley Dean makes honest claim about Sheffield Wednesday loan spell. Quote, Harley Dean has admitted that his loan stint at Sheffield Wednesday last season gave him the kick that he needed to reignite his Birmingham City career after falling out of favour with former Blues coach Lee Bauer. Dean was placed on the transfer list by the Championship Club in December 2021. Wednesday decided to sign the defender on a short-term loan deal in January in the January transfer window from Birmingham. Speaking to Birmingham Live, Dean said, quote, I didn't realise how much I needed it until it came, to be honest. Darren Moore was brilliant. His coaching staff was brilliant. The club was brilliant. And it made me feel fall back in love with football again. It gave me a fire back in my belly that I didn't realise had left. I can't thank them enough. What it did for me, I don't want to go into this too much. Uh, m- mental health and stuff like that really helped me at a bad time. End quote. Brilliant. Really? That's all you need to say, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think he could have been a player for us, you know, and it's it's brought him back on track. And I, it's good again. I, I, this story is relevant because it it brings in the ethos we've got at the club and the fact that Darren Moore is is working with these players. Um, I don't think we need to talk about this one too much. Other than Jack, would you have Holly Dean back at Wednesday? No, because we've got Ben Hennigan and Michael Awekwe who do the exact same thing that Holly Dean does and they're doing just as well as he did last season. So, short and simple for me. <laughs> that's fair, Jake. Uh, yeah, just because of our injury record, but would he actually get into that team right now? Probably not. I think I do. Th- I think he'd get in the team because he's got he's, um, he's a leader, isn't he? Um, and we've got leaders in there, but I think... I think he'd fit in a back three quite nicely. Yeah. A Wekwe. Can you imagine a Dean, a Wekwe and Hennigan? Can you imagine a back three, a Dean, a Wekwe story? If we could have got story. story yeah. But then again, we've got McGuinness. And mm. when he's fit, he's a great player. Um, he, again, we've get, we, we're doing well with these loans. Story and, a Wek, and McGuinness in consecutive seasons. Players, you're like, what? And then actually... McGuinness especially, actually, because Story were like, well, he's, he's, he's got some promise. But McGuinness came out of the blue, unfortunately, obviously. Yeah. Injuries aren't the best, but... Right. I mean, talking about McGuinness, there's all sorts of first tweets that keep coming up on my friggin' timeline <laughs> all about Mark McGuinness. Like, he's good, yes, okay, great. But there's, like, extreme thirst tweets, like, have my babies, Mark McGuinness, and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, okay. Jack, you really right. shouldn't be using the burner for that sort of thing, you know, your burner account. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. How did you know? Stop outing me like this, yeah. right? Oh, I... It's always when you get, you might like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's Mark McGuinness, have my babies. Oh, and I just, you know, that's all of my, you might like. That's the tweets. They're the tweets. And it's so, it's so frustrating. Oh, Christ. Right. This is from the star. Sheffield Wednesday to receive financial windfall if midfielder forces his way into World Cup squad. In details confirmed by the publication of the Governing Bodies Club Benefits Programme on Tuesday, it was revealed that some £189 million has been set aside to compensate clubs for the involvement of their players during the tournament, divided by the club's 
by, by clubs the player has represented within the previous two years, approximately £9,000 has been set aside for each player per day they remain with their national team. Starting from each country's preparations and lasting until each nation is either knocked out of the tournament or reaches the final. Wednesday have Wales hopeful Will Volks in their squad. The midfielder missed out on their most recent squad last month but played for Rob Page's side in March and would have featured during the summer if it was not for the fact he got married and therefore ruled himself unavailable, end quote. So, um, there's just a, just a one-player link here for the World Cup. I still think Bannon should be in that Scotland squad. Mm, I but, agree. But uh, Jake, we'll start with you here. It would be interesting if he did get called up. He's starting to have that form again where he could definitely get called up and do something. And a financial benefit of how long ever Wales will be in the competition would be great. But you'd rather have him during that period where we need him than having to get him back up to fitness again because he'll have to have a break after that World Cup just with all the travelling and stuff. I'd rather him didn't get called up, but if there's a financial gain there, then brilliant. Jack? I I kind of agree. I mean, it's nice to sort of not have Barry Bannon. As much as he probably wants to play for his country, it's kind of nice to not have him doing that because it benefits us, really. Like, yeah, it's true. Just, <laughs> um, But on the front of the financial compensation for the international games, it wouldn't really go to us anyway. For Will Volks, it'd go to Cardiff because that's where he was when he mm. had the Wales appearances. So we wouldn't benefit really at all from that. Yeah, right, um, you're not going then. Yeah. Who do you think from our squad could get called up? That might be an interesting... Uh, Liam talk. Palmer should get called up to the Scotland mm. squad again, I firmly believe. Yeah, they go, they've go. they gone for that. Is it Callum Patterson? The, not not Callum Patterson. Nathan Patterson. We've got Callum Patterson. Is it yes. the, pa- the Patterson lad they play at right back over Palmer now? Yeah, I think so. Um... Mm. I actually think with Palmer's appearance, it's League One though. He won't want, they won't want to, if they can, Scotland will have this thing where they won't want to take League One players to the World Cup. Yeah. However, Palmer's played out of his skin this season. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he's an older head now and he's got experience in that squad and I think he'd, I think he'd fit in well. He's always, done, he's always done well when he's played for Scotland as well. He's never yeah. actually seemed out of place or anything like that or, or lesser than like Andy Robertson at the other side of the back four for Scotland. I think he's fitting quite well, to be honest, and I'm shocked that he kind of... Well, it's like Bannon, isn't it? Because Bannon's in League One, they won't be caught dead saying, oh, mm. we're calling up a League One player because they know that all the England lot will be making them a laughing stock. You can only get League One players. Ha, 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 what a crap team, The one, you know? the one yeah, that I would have thought, if, uh, if they had qualified Nigeria, you would have probably seen Fitzgo. Mm. Mm. I don't Maybe. think he's quite ready yet for no, it. I, I, yeah, I with, just with, about but that. with how that, but with how they sometimes get young players in just so they've got the bodies. What do you mean? So they don't they don't decide to declare for England? Is what you're saying? Yes, basically, yeah. yes. Yeah, it's a bit like hasn't Dom Iorfa declared yeah. for Nigeria? Yeah, no, yeah. I think like, he, is it Nigeria? I think he's Nigeria. I think his dad used to play for him. Yeah, because I know. Google, let's was, Google this officially... before we seem like ignorant yes. people. Yes. Carry on. Um. Because I know for the longest time he was declared for England and then suddenly he made the switch while he was at Sheffield Wednesday, I think. Well, it's, it's like, yes, it's like Nigeria. Pierce, it's like Pierce we were just talking about. The England setup are now looking at him mm. for the England team, but he, that's why he'd been called up so early by Northern Ireland. Not being capped, though, has he? 
No. no, that's the thing. They need to, if they want one in, they need to cap him. And they need to cap him in a, in a competitive fixture. Yeah. Yeah. I could see what you mean by Nigeria is basically going, I tell you what, let's take all these players to a World Cup. And it doesn't matter how we do, they're just all now Nigerian players because they've, yes. they've been capped in a. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dom, Dom Iorfa, he did. He played for England at under 18, 20, and 21. And then he. He will consider. All, all that says it's he will consider playing for Nigeria, but he's, I don't think he's been capped. No, I don't think he's been called up, but I think he has switched his allegiance, so he would consider. Um, Off topic, but you know, Erling Haaland could have been an yes. England player. Yes, and it's yes, mental. yes, I yes. Just, I just, I found that out the other day. Annoyingly. You only just found that out? I literally I've, only just found that out I've been, I've been gutted about that for the past two years. Mm. Because can you imagine Kane and Haaland? <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't play them in the same system, really, I don't think. Oh, no, unless, no. Actually, you potentially could because Kane drops deeper. Mm. So, and can, can we all just say Haaland is the biggest deal with how much they paid for him? It's, that's, that's a joke. I'm I, sorry, but that I, is a joke. Olive. I think personally, right, because they've not qualified for the World Cup, he should just default to his second nationality and come along with England. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. I do I do believe that you can switch when you've had caps, you just have a ban on how long you can I don't yeah, think, um, can you? There's like, there's D- like D- a, you can switch, but then you can't play for that national team for a certain amount of like say two seasons or something like that. I'm or sure Diego certain, Costa there's, there's did a certain it. thing like that where you can switch but then you can't like because I'm sure I've seen other people switch. It's it's. I think it's something to do with your official nationality as well. You have to, on your passport, have that country as your nationality on the passport as well. You know. I'm okay. pretty sure I've seen that where other players have done that before and then have been ruled out for a certain amount of time because le- legally they can't play to do with the FIFA rules or something like that. But yeah, I'm the, pretty sure there is a ruling like that. And it's also if you've played in a certain country for a long time and not been capped. Yes. I know we were going to do it with... Vincent Sh- Company could have yeah. done it. Yeah. Could have played for England because of, you know. Why do sites just... Right. This is the reason why a lot of media sites are dying because you just lock things with adverts. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I can't. I know they changed the rules in 2021, but I don't know what they did because everything <laughs> is just locked down with adverts. So we'll yep. do that another day, Behind I guess. The paywall. Love it. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's not that. It's just disable this, do this, do this, oh, do this. Yep. And you're yep. like, continue with continue without disabling. Okay. Now we're just going to freeze the whole site. Okay. Yeah. I tend to whitelist a lot of sites, by the way, with, with, uh, I don't. I don't tend to add block anymore because obviously what we're we're doing. Please don't block the ads on the YouTube videos. Yes, yes. please don't. The very please small. Nail. The very small bit of uh... <laughs> revenue. Yeah, a couple of pennies. Right. Um, this is a weird one. Have you seen Barcelona's new kit? Yes. I've not, so I need to look that. Look at that right now. So, Barcelona. This is all over Twitter. Have done a. Um, it's uh, they're doing like a. I think they're sponsored by Spotify. Is that the case? Their their stadium is now the Spotify New Camp. 
So it yeah. was part of their, when they were doing all their leverages during the summer, this is one of the things that they had that they could go, hey, look, we've got money. I think it's 200 and some odd million they got from this. And this is in uh, conjunction with it. Yeah, and they've got, They've got an owl on the front. They've basically got it's Drake, isn't it? He's got he's got the yes, owl yes. logo or whatever, but it's very very close to the Wednesday owl of old, and it just looks like they've got an old Wednesday owl on the front of the kit, and it's a little bit odd. Yep, I might get this for a laugh. Yeah, if almost can, the same. If, if you can get it, because it will be. Oh red. yeah, it's like have you seen that thing? It's like I'm not down with the youths. <laughs> but there's that prime drink with KSI and yes. Logan Paul, and people yes. are scalping it off Asda shelves and trying to sell. I saw someone trying to sell it for like six quid a bo- bottle on Facebook. I was like, "What are we doing?" I know someone's mum who randomly picked it up and like, "I've got a drink," and the kid just went, "How did you get that?" I just got it off the shelf. What's the big deal? <laughs> you, I'm going to say my age because you probably won't know any anything I'm referring to because I'm completely out of a generation gap. But when I was in school. There was a craze for the chewing gum called chiclets. I don't know if you remember. You probably won't remember. I will be speaking to some people's senses in the back of the head. And there was like an offie down the road from my school. And you always used to have somebody that goes around school saying, are you selling? Was that still a thing when you were in school? Yeah. Yeah. So for, me, somebody yeah. Had... for me, it was either Aid or Kit Kat Chunkies. Yeah. yeah. Lucasaid was the one at yeah. and, bas- and basically someone would just basically have a backpack full of chocolate drinks chewing gum so the big thing when i was in like year seven or eight was chiclets everybody wanted this chew it was like a sweet fruit flavored chewing gum i don't know how we've got onto this by the way that's how my short-term memory is is working but fantastic and i like used to go to i went i, I was like why is it? everybody's making a killing here because they're like it's a pound for a pack of chiclets right and people were people were making bank and mm. there was only a couple of sellers in the school so i went I got my mum to drive me to this shop and I bought like four, well, my mum bought like four crates of these chiclets and they were like £4.50 a crate, right? Yeah. But they were full of packets of chewing gum. And then I just took them into school and sold them all for a quid, a packet. We had an absolute bank, right? We had, we had a lad at school who mum and dad uh, constantly went to cash and carry because they had like a restaurant. Yeah, I miss those days. Kit. My mum used to my mum used to get get one for for something she ran when I was a kid. Yeah, he he used to come in and he just come in with his big bag and uh, and a year teacher said, "How much you made this year?" And he told him, the "Teacher said, I need to quit." <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm self-employed. Uh, I'm well, I'm not. I'm employed, but I also do some self-employed work. So technically mm. I'm mainly employed. Um but I do self-employed work on top. So technically, is there a way I can swing that to get into a cash and carry? <laughs> get, Probably like, could actually. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> we, we will see. But yeah, back to this shirt. Next Weird. episode. He How did got that get on to... I don't know. How did that go from a uh, That's what I was just trying to think. What? (laughs) That's what I was trying to think. uh, The shirts. We were talking about how the shirts are going to be rare. Yes. And And how how we we got it. Yeah, scalping. Yep, yep, yep. yep. There There we go. go. There we go. Interesting one, this. Headlines from the examiner. Sheffield Wednesday, quote, pulled out, end quote, of deal to sign Sam Cosgrove in January. 
Sheffield Wednesday reportedly pulled out of a deal to sign Birmingham City forward Sam Cosgrove in January on transfer deadline day. Journalist Alan Nixon has claimed that the Owls pulled out of an agreement to sign Cosgrove during the winter and also turned down a second chance to sign him in the summer. The report added that the deal fell through at the last minute as after Darren Moore opted against signing another forward following the arro- arrival of loan signing Tyrese John Jules from Arsenal. Oh. Cosgrove joined Birmingham from Aberdeen in January 2021 but struggled for playing time during his first six months at St Andrews. He was loaned to Shrewsbury Town and AFC Wimbledon respectively, but he's enjoyed limited success last season. However, the 25-year-old has been a key figure at Plymouth Argyle since arriving on a season-long loan in the summer. Cosgrove netted twice in his debut in a 3-2 win at Derby County and has scored in three straight victories to extend his tallery tally to five goals in eight games end quote <sighs> Tyrese John Jules Jack right Jack first place oh, but wait God. are you saying that he actually played for us what who's who's he I this know. is a joke by the way I fully remember him okay I'm being satirical because he made like was it one appearance and then he got injured and then I had to go back to Arsenal did he even come on I'm very sure he came like, on, and then that's how he got injured, I think he and came then that's on like why 70, he then went back to Arsenal. 75th minute, and then yeah. he went back to Arsenal. Yes, because the injury was too bad to like deal with in-house and him to say, yes, I'm coming back a, a, a couple of months later or something. And then he just went back to Arsenal. I was like, okay, so we pulled out of a... But can I just address, by the way, I say Jamie Cumming at MK Dons earlier, and it's hilarious. I was hoping you you'd gloss over this. And then you put <laughs> emphasis on Sheffield Wednesday pulling out. Okay. Right. Ah, why okay. is it when there's three of us on here, it turns into a men's club for like, <laughs> we're like teenage boys. <laughs> but anyway, I think it's, look, there'll be slip ups like this in the recruitment. And we need to, it, 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 it happens, right? It used to happen all the time. Now it happens once in a blue moon. You know, we, we need to still accept that there might be some slip ups of going for the wrong player, potentially, because. <laughs> what was yeah, my, mind is, my, mind, my mind's just fully in the gutter. Please carry on. Please carry on. Carry on. So, so, composure. So. <laughs> I I just I just think it's a slip up that we need to kind of not look too much into and you know just accept okay we we could have signed a player that's doing well now it's it's the story of the century for Sheffield Wednesday because we could have signed James Tarkovsky and we didn't back in the championship and other other stories like that that are constantly cropping up along the timeline of Sheffield Wednesday's recruitment history and this is just another one and I just I don't think we need to look too much into it other than, oh dear, it happens. Many other clubs, I'm sure, will be thinking the same about certain players. And, you know, this is just one that's made the public eye, I guess. Do you feel the same, Jake? I wanted him back in 2021. I remember doing the video. Yeah. I remember saying, let's get this play. He's really good. And I got flat because he's he Scottish. He'll be like Stevie May again. And I got I all the flat. And, and I remember going, no, I think he'll be a good player. I'm annoyed by this one because I wanted him back then. And I did a video on it this week. And people were like, who were like, he's a good player. He just, I think he's now found the right club for him. But 
The interesting thing is, Birmingham City manager has turned around and said, if he keeps doing well, they will recall him in January. Now, keep doing well, because I want you recall so Plymouth lose him. Because that'll help us massively. Because they're not scoring enough, and he's starting to come into his own a little bit. He's a good player, and I think he wants to play once. If he, if he can get on a run, he'll do very well. So hopefully that'll work out. But like Jack says, we've had this before. We turned down Cantona because he didn't because he because he couldn't play on grass. We let Jamie Vardy go because he was too short. We had done this so many times, so it wouldn't surprise me. But it's not the same the, thing. I know what you're saying though, but I think but. The fact that we turned around and said, hey, we need, we don't need another striker after Jules John, I think was a mistake, but you look at it, he had Windaf coming back. He didn't think Windaf would have been out that long. Lee Gregory is starting to do well. And it's that situation, hindsight, you think, oh, it's a shame. And I'm wondering if this was the person we were looking at with Wilkes. I wonder if he was the other option to Wilkes. We might have been going, look, we'll have a look at Croc. Cockgrove and Wilkes. If we can't get Cockgrove, we'll go. If we can't get Wilkes, even we'll go get Cockgrove. But we managed to stick through it and go for Wilkes and have a younger player who, yes, so far hasn't had it, but he's only played like four games. So we need to just wait on that one. I think. Um, I think we missed a trick with that one. I think even at the time, even at the time, I've I've talked about Cockgrove as well. I wanted him. So uh, I, the fact that we, I know Darren Moore had worked with John Jules. But we could have had them both. Mm. You know, with our injury luck, the more the merrier, to be honest, because then at least one of them might stay fit. But it happens. He's obviously having a good season this season. Let's see what happens with him. So the, there's been a lot of talk coming out about um, Darren Moore improving players and the likes of that. We don't really, I don't really think we need to talk about that specifically. We've talked a lot about morale and things like that, but there's more of a specific... Darren Moore improving players aspect to the club at the minute as well, and what's he going to get out of older players? I think he'll he'll develop the likes of Barry Bannon even even more. You've seen, I, I, this is the one thing I did want to talk about on that aspect actually. Um, he's he's sort of made a promise to all the players that he'll improve them, and people are going, how can you improve like a, a an older veteran player such as Barry Bannon? But I think Barry Bannon's playing out of his skin, so arguably you could say he's, he's, he's found he's found that he's moved him as well on the pitch, so that's possibly how he's done it. Any thoughts, Jake? Look at Barry Bannon, the season where he was yelling at Wildsmith to Barry Bannon now. He's a different kind of leader, and I think that's what he needed. Uh, he's still vocal, and he's still quite shouty at referee, but he's not doing it at players now. There's more of, you follow me, lead by example. I think that's where he got better. And on the footballing side, his positional sense is a little bit shifted. He got a better vision. And there's not much you can improve on Barry Van, but the fact that Darren Moore has managed to shows you how good of a coach he is. Yeah. Jake, uh, Jack, too many J's. Um, I would actually sort of highlight that before, Barry Bannon was always at his best when he wasn't the focal point of the team. And now if you look, he's playing out of his skin, and you could argue he is the focal point of the team. And mm. so there's that aspect of it, because he always worked better say, under all go harping back all the way to, to under Carlos, when he was just a cog in the machine and everybody around him was playing just as well, that's when he was at his, at his best at the time. And then you shift to a system where he's like the anchor man that he was being played at for some reason. Um, he didn't play anywhere near as well. And now if you look, he's somewhat of the key figure and everybody talks him up to be the key figure and everything. 
and he plays out of his skin and he just bosses it. I mean, arguably, it is League One. It's a league below the championship that we were in. However, there is still that massive improvement where even even last season, when he was in those times when he was like the so center, central focal point of how the team played, he wouldn't be playing as well. And then you had him as the cog in the machine with George Byers, and he was suddenly so much better, you know? And so I think that aspect of it is of, of him being an advanced age in footballing terms, because he's only 33, like he's not an old man. But they, why is it that we always talk about football players like in the early 30s as being old men? It makes me feel, it. coming towards like, my later 20s, it makes me feel a bit you know? sick. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what I mean? But like, he's not, even an, he's not even old, and yet everybody talks about him like he's some old crockpot that's in a retirement home, and it's just weird. But Cheers, lads. I'm being a, <laughs> But being a veteran on, on the field... And then suddenly having this improvement in him, it just shows that what a good coach Darren Moore is if he's getting this out of his players at that age, and yeah. he's still improving them at that age. Can, and I can just we just it, say also most of the, what we're saying is they're they're probably fitter than we would oh, have ever yeah. been yeah. in their mid thirties. But carry on. Yes, yes, I totally agree. And I think that's another thing that he's improved as well is the actual fitness regime yeah. and how fit. Like he wants these players to run through absolute brick walls for him, whereas other managers might not have been doing that and just sort of said, "Oh, you know what to do to get fit. Go and go and do it." Whereas I think Darren Moore's implemented this really strict, like double, triple sessions even over the summer for the preseason and all that sort of thing to get the lads to be like three times as fit as any other team in the league is, or, or you know that sort of attitude. I know there's probably other teams that have done that as well, but yeah. You know, well, when we had the first loss, aspect of it. when we had the first loss this season, he put double sessions on that last week. But yeah. that wasn't because of the first loss. That was already planned because they had a week of no games. And I wonder if he's done the same this time. It does seem like when we have a week where we don't have midweek game, we put more training sessions on. And that can only benefit us in our stamina, our fitness, in everything. Because I think the more coaching he can do, and especially now he's brought in more coaches, it can benefit us. Yeah. Um, a couple of potential fixture changes. So the star raised the fact that King Charles's coronation is going to be on the uh, on the last day of the season against Derby. So that's probably getting moved, which is great. There'll be no football that weekend, will there, because of it? Nope. They'll either put it early Friday or Thursday, or they'll just delay it by a week. No comment. I would argue. Go on, go on. I would argue. <laughs> this is a once in several decade event versus a football game fixture that happens every single year without fail. You know. Yep. That's my devil's advocate on the people who will say, why are you moving football fixtures around for that? Well, that's why. It's the occasion of it. It's I, a get it. I get it. In, I just, you know. I get it. I get it. I get the flag waving. I'm just like, does everything have to move every time? Every time? Can we not just like, oh, not, not, because it'll probably be, can it'll probably be shifted way out. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Just move it. What does does that- you think it'll get moved to the Sunday? What would, I don't I think it would be off for the whole weekend, but I'm thinking, what would that do to the playoff picture? Like playoff. That's games? what I'm saying because, like, I don't care if it's moved to the Sunday specifically, but also, isn't there something where we're meant to also get another bank holiday and we're not going to get that now because it's on a Saturday? Uh, yes. 
but we know that it will be moved and it will be made to work because his son is the president of the English FA. So That's a good point. Yeah. That is actually a very good they point. They will make it work. So <laughs> It'd be quite funny if he went, uh, Dad, I don't want to move it because Villa have got an important match. Yeah. Can we not? <laughs> yeah. Can we not? Yeah, um, depends where, depend where Villa are. You could be like, Dad, can you just have that off because they need another week to stay up? Mm. Yeah, well, um, no, I was going to say, I can't, nope, not saying that on the podcast. Right, um, the Derby it's fixture Derby has again. Been, yeah, the, the other Derby <laughs> fixture will now kick off at 12.30 rather than originally scheduled on 3pm. This is the one on the Saturday, the 3rd of December, which means now I can't watch any of it, um, which is fantastic, uh, but... It happens. I also... So Blaine Derby. There you go. Yeah. The kickoff time has been moved to factor in a potential class with England playing in the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Hopefully I'll be able to catch a bit of that. I was going to catch the... It, that's, that's it. It's like if we get to the knockout stages, isn't it? So this uh, is off the Derby County yeah. website, by the way. They, they, they put this. But um, if England get second in the group or something, they can get to a knockout fixture, which would be on the third of so- or something like that. Right. Realistically, do you see that? I don't know, mate. At the current rate of this England set up. All I was doing is, because when, when they put the World Cup here, I was just looking and going, please don't be working here. I can't please get into this World here. Cup. I can't get into this World Cup because it just, it, I don't, agree with where it's been held. I don't agree with the time it's been played. Yeah, it's just doing my head in. Yeah. It's it's quite I remember talking about time yeah, I don't also for the record, I agree. Um but I just remember like when I was in school and we it was the African World Cup. Was it South Africa it was mm-hmm. then in twenty ten? Um and the matches mm-hmm. they they literally cause they wouldn't cancel school or anything, obviously, and they wouldn't let you go. So they, they, the, I remember the teachers. Some of them were put in there like PPA time, um, and I'd walk through the di- dinner hall and the, the, and the on the dinner hall TV there was the England match on. <laughs> I remember when it was the Japanese World Cup, and the head teacher said, "We're stopping lessons. You're watching it. You're all in the hall. You're watching it. Done." Yeah, and then I remember everyone like, "Why did we watch that?" Because it was it was that bloody free kick. <laughs> we just need to. Uh, I don't know. I know you say it is our national sport, really, isn't it? That's yeah. why it's it's mm. one thing that should be stopped. I, I do believe things should stop for football. I don't think things should stop for other sports, and that is my bias in there, isn't it? So I guess that's the argument <sighs> for everything. Why do we stop it? For, and we didn't specifically stop everything for the the women's game either so no mm, there is there is that there is that side of it but i just i I looked at the fixture i can see i think i can watch most of the group stage games because i was looking at my work schedule i think i can watch most of them because i know when i know we were talking the summer you were like i can't watch any of these because it's in december yeah and so you managed to look at see what you might be able to get away with. Yeah, watching. and I think if for, for some reason we did get to the World Cup final, when is it? The eighteenth. I can watch that. It's a Sunday as well. 
So it um, feels it also feels very weird that I I understand the Premier League and the Championship being called off, but then we have got our game to go as well. Because I've had some people go, "Oh, I'm doing a World Cup like thing." I'm like, "I'm League, I'm a League One team. I can't do any of these. I still got fixtures, and I think our fixture. What is our fixture like in December this season? I know November we've hardly got any games. Games. Uh, oh, talk about in- oh, God. Sorry. No, it's I just no. Oh, I can't watch. No, why have they put England on at one o'clock on a Monday? I know it's in a different <laughs> country, but the our kickoff game. I can't watch that. Amazing. For the audio listeners, Dex has just put his thumb up in a satirical, happy fashion. Um, I'm going to do this again just so you all know, just so you're all aware. So yeah, England versus Iran, 1pm on a Monday, November 21st. Can't watch that. Fantastic. Um, I love the sudden realisation looking going, oh no. (laughs) England versus the USA, Friday, 7 o'clock. Oh, I'll catch the second half if I'm lucky. Because Friday's my long day. I work for 12 hours on a Friday. So that's that. Wow. This ain't going to be a World Cup for me, guys. Um, oh, this is on. what's irked so many people with when it's being yep. put on and everything. Not just the... I mean, the, the whole... The ethical side of it all is just way bigger of a, of a thing, clearly. But this is all another little part about why it's so strange that it's it is where it is you know yeah it would also appear it would also appear that some of the stadiums are based off is it the 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 royalty there or whatever because looking at the stadium names um i can watch wales versus england oh yes what time is that one tuesday november 29th kick off 7 p.m i can watch that one um and then we get into December. Have we got any of that clash with the time of recording podcasts? Probably, but we'll sort that out. Cool. So, yeah, that's when you... Because your, your round of 16 is on Saturday the 3rd, which is what we were just talking about there. Sat, Sunday the 4th, Monday the 5th, December the 6th. Quarterfinals, December the 9th, December 10th, December 13th is the... December 13th is when the semi-finals start. They're the 13th, 14th, and 17th. No, 17th is the third place playoff, sorry. So semi-finals will be on the December 13th and 14th. It's on a Tuesday and a Wednesday at 7pm. So they're good time. So if Wednesday, if Wednesday, if uh, <laughs> England do, do go all the way, I'll be able to watch the semi-finals and the final for sure. Well, we can sit there a in, quest- our, in our England-themed Santa hats. <laughs> A question for both of you. Well, they how sweat the World in the Cup, Qatari sun. How do you think the World Cup is going to affect the Premier League teams at the top? Considering most time when there's an international break, especially when it's in like a summit, sometimes some of the teams are wild to get going to get the players back to where they need to be. How do you think it's going to affect them it being in the middle of a season? It's going to be rough. It's um, You're going to lose a lot of that gel that you base. Um, in terms of Premier League specifically, I'm wondering who's going to be the first team who figures out how to stop Haaland. Yeah, yeah, I'm wondering when that's going to happen and when 
he stops being a gold mine in fantasy league. But yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna take a specific break. But yes, it affects Wednesday because the Derby fixtures been uh, yeah. yes moved. But yes, I think we're gonna end it there, lads. That is all I've got this week for this episode of Talking Wednesday. Um, Jack, you're gonna start us off on yeah, anything to I, add this week? Yeah, I I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the the whole mental health thing, and it was it was Mental Health Day uh, on the week of on the Monday of the week. Well, the 11th. Well, how do you feel about 10th. us having a day for it? Because I'm uncomfortable with it. I I think my controversial view is it's a day to make a lot of people look good on social media. That's why I'm yeah, uncomfortable I with think, it. That's why I'm uncomfortable I think with if well. you actually were bothered, you would keep keep talking to your friends, keep talking to your loved ones, keep open to people talking to you, and you don't just post something on social media that has no Here's where you can act. You see, a lot of people sort of post, oh, I'm thinking of you, or it's okay to talk, but they don't actually then go, you can talk to me, to their actual people that they know. Yeah. Or they don't say, here's Mind Charity, or or all of these other, or here's the Samaritan's Helpline number. Or They don't actually spread the places people can get help. They just sort of say, I'm supporting people with mental health problems. To or me, whatever. everything to draws into this sort of vapid, it's like, a good, it's like searching. Yes. Yeah, it's like know. a good badge of honor. Look at me, I've done good today. Exactly. I've supported this. There's my likes, my hundred likes for the day. I'm can I can stop. What I'd like to um, add to that is we should always just be vigilant of it. Okay, yeah. you should yes. always be looking out for your mates. Okay, and it's it okay be... to not be okay. Hmm. Yes, that line gets said. A lot, a lot, a lot. I think, I think we've got this thing in in um, society at the minute where we overdo things, um, mm. and we we start to lose how important something is. the The great thing on the opposite side with mental health is the more it is talked about, is fantastic. What I have an issue with is people weaponizing it mm-hmm. because it's actually harder for the people who genuinely suffer when it's weaponized. And there's a lot of people who do suffer there. Or you take away the you take away the serious nature of it, and then everybody starts saying, "Oh well, everybody suffers from mental health issues," and that is true to a certain yeah. respect. However, there's degrees of severity to it, and without proper understanding and proper education, which needs to be done properly, it's it's very it's very difficult at the minute. And, and watching on a day like World Mental Health Day is is so can be so damaging in a way as well so just i think we need to get away from this like uh, and just be better people in general and look out Mm. for people to be honest one of the hardest things with it is having someone whose partner works in the nhs the nhs tend to always seem to cut because it's easy to cut the mental health departments and because it's where they can save the most money and it's the scary thing that that is the department that normally does go first where i think it's actually more needed than ever after coming out of pandemics after coming out of serious traumatic things that are going on in the country i think don't use it as your buzzword don't use it as your actually ring someone to just to check if they're okay knock on someone's door to check if they're okay that that phone call that knock on the door will i will make them feel 10 times better that someone just gives a damn and it's very hard when you're low and you've got family around you, but you don't want to talk to the family because you're scared of what they'll say or how they'll react to you or be different. If you can go to that one person who you know who'll be like, come in, talk, I'm just going to listen. 
I'm not going to patronize you. I'm going to just listen and we'll laugh about things. We'll cry and it's okay to cry. Yeah. That's the other thing. You are allowed to cry. Female, male, whatever gender you are, crying isn't something that can be weaponized against you. It's normal. It's an emotion. Emotions are allowed to be felt. And if you're not feeling great, you're okay not to feel great. Don't find a reason to try and make yourself feel better. You're allowed to feel bad. One thing I will uh, add to that is um, there needs to be, it's still not good. We talk about it a lot more now, but it's still not good enough in this country. If you call like a doctor and say, you you are, most people will call when they're at a point of break, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get put on a six week waiting list to talk to someone. So it's like, you need to, it's almost like you need to plan for it before it happens. You know, it's, Basically, well, all I'm going to do to wrap this up so we don't go down a rabbit hole is just be better with it. And if you do need help, as as we were talking about Samaritan line, I've got the line here. It's 116-123. That'll be our two cents on this world mental health thing, okay? But it shouldn't be a day for that. It should be just looking out for everybody, okay, and looking after yourselves. Um, Jake, anything to add on a more positive note before we uh, end today? We're going to hopefully have three points and we're going to be sitting second if results go our way. Fantastic. That's it for this week's episode of the Talking Wednesday podcast. Thank you to Jack and Jake for joining us. It's always a laugh when it's all of us and it will happen more frequently as we have said previously. Um, But until next time, take care of yourselves and we will see you in the next episode of Talking Wednesday. See ya. Thank you.